a cheese that's used as an insult, a pizza made with Nutella, and a region of Italy that some Italians don't believe exists. This week, we're in Molise, Italy. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can get Destination Eat Drink delivered directly to your phone or computer automatically just by subscribing to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or at radiomisfits.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review. I'm Brent Peterson, your host for Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Molise is a tiny, tiny region of Italy. It's so small, in fact, that many Italians say it doesn't really exist. But exist it does. And this week we'll explore this beautiful region with filmmaker Giancarlo Yanata. Destination Eat Drink. One evening, I'm browsing Amazon Prime, looking for a movie to watch, and I stumbled upon My Country, a road trip movie that rolls from Chicago to Rome to Molise, Italy. And I've wanted to visit Molise for quite a while, so I jumped on board and Karen and I watched My Country. I loved it, and I watched it again. The movie is so funny and charming and filled with great scenes where Italy's cuisine is front and center. It also is filled with scenes where Italy's cuisine is debated between two of the main characters. So I contacted filmmaker Giancarlo Yanota, the writer, director, and star of My Country, and was delighted when he agreed to be on the podcast. With me today is Giancarlo Yanota. He's an actor, director, and producer from Chicago. His first full-length movie, My Country, is now available to stream on Amazon and Amazon Prime. Giancarlo, welcome to Destination Eat Drink. Thank you so much for having me, Brad. It's a pleasure. Giancarlo, for those who haven't seen the movie, and everyone should see the movie, My Country, tell us about it. Give us the synopsis. Yes, I'll give you the the elevator pitch. So My Country is a road trip comedy drama, and it talks about two brothers. One's American, one's Italian. They've never met. Um, They have the same father. And the father passes away in Chicago, and my character, I'm also in the film, I also you know, directed it, uh, I take my father, late father's ashes on a road trip. Uh, I first, I go to Rome with the ashes, I find my long lost brother, and the two of us decide to take this road trip to Molise, the town where my actual father was born. Uh, you know, and will we make it to Molise with the ashes is kind of the question, and the road trip begins. It's a beautiful road trip movie, but what attracted me to it to start with was, uh, first of all, Italy, my favorite place, and there's so much great food in this movie. But before we get into that, um, the guy who plays your stepbrother, your half-brother, I guess, your half-brother is uh, Antonio Palumbo. How did you find him? So Antonio was recommended. I, I had written the role. Um, you know, I, I met him basically through our, my assistant on the movie, my good friend from Molise. And he uh, put me in touch with Antonio. I saw a little short film that he was in. And I felt that he, he was about 10 years older than me, which I always wanted a character about 10 years older than, than myself. Right. 
And um, like his character in the movie, Antonio is a force of nature. Um, you know, he definitely contributed a lot of, he's also a director and an acting teacher in Rome um, and uh, originally from Body. And uh, he, he really added, you know, so much to the role. And the movie, it would have been a completely different movie without him. Uh, but he did every, you know, we call it, <laughs> we did call him the Marlon Brando on set. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, he, um, he truly was, um, he, he was a great collaborator. I, I, I got to give him that. You know, Antonio, I was, it's funny that you said that he's from Bari because you definitely get that Poulian rough and tumble uh, port city vibe from him, I think. Even though he lives in Rome, I kind of got that Poulian vibe from him on the, uh, on the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's definitely a, he's a testadora, a, a little bit of a hardhead. But, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, um, you, you know, he really helped, too. Like, um, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but we were trying to kind of boil it down. What was the real kind of meaning of not only the movie, but what is the real reason why uh, Francesco decides to go, uh, Antonio's character, Francesco, go, decides to go on the road trip with Lucky, uh, my character, and he really brought um, a good kind of like a, I wouldn't just say like a screenwriter. He brought a good writer's mentality too to the role, especially the ending. You know, last fifteen minutes that really kind of you know uh, sell the movie. I think so. He's everybody's favorite character, and that's totally fine. And all the women <laughs> ask about him at film festivals, but he is he is does have a girlfriend. Last I talked to him in Rome, uh, and he's happy in his relationship. So sorry to all the women. Uh, uh, Antonio is taken. He is a good-looking Italian guy. You, uh, Giancarlo, you bootstrapped the making of this movie, including the financing. And movies are expensive to make how difficult was it for you to get the money together to make my country yeah and, and on top of that is kind of my lifelong dream to make a feature film so um this is something i've, I've always wanted to do and i wasn't going to stop you know i i thought of uh basically all my family and friends who would give me a thousand dollars so we were able to raise the production budget initially asking for a thousand some people would give a little more uh and then some people heard from those people maybe even gave a little bit more so it's kind of this nice snowball where when people started hearing you know about the film my passion you know i presented a marketing plan and um you know a packet that's how we were able to get the movie financed um and um and get it out there it's good to have friends right <laughs> yes grande amici yes <laughs> so you're you're a chicago guy I'm a Chicago guy, although I haven't lived in Illinois in decades now. Um, so before we get into sh the Chicago relationship on this movie, what is going on with the Cubs this season? <laughs> yes, they are off to a bit of a rocky start. Um, they did win today, uh, but it's still early. I mean, I remember the year that they won the World Series. They didn't have a great start. And... It is a kind of, I, I got to admit, I think there's going to, some heads are going to roll this year if they don't perform. Uh, last year was very disappointing that they didn't even get to the playoffs. Uh, they lost the wild card, two wild cards, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I'm always rooting for them. I put them in the opening credits of my movie. You see this, the sign, the world champion Chicago Cubs. That's so, right. Um, you know, uh, so many great memories there uh, going to games with my, my father and my uncle and uh family members so 
you know, fingers crossed and, and we'll be watching. Now, you're like I said, you're from Chicago. For people who don't know, describe what the Italian-American community is like in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, so we are lucky in that the Molizani, we actually have a Molizani club. So the region where we were, my own father uh, was born and where the movie takes place is called Molise. It's in between Rome and Naples. It's about two hours south of Rome, up in the mountains, central Italy. And just before I answer the question, you know, the, the joke and a phrase I'd never heard of going into the film was, Il Molise non esiste, meaning Molise doesn't exist. Right. There's this common phrase, this brutta, ugly phrase that the Italians say about Molise, that it doesn't exist. It's so small. It's maybe got like 200,000 people in it. Uh, maybe it's like, I don't know, the Rhode Island of, of you know, of Italy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, when I heard this awful phrase, there was another incentive to make the film. But... Um, uh, when my, even before, um, my, my father came, the, uh, the Molizani started this club in Chicago called Molizani Nel Mundo, Molizani's in the world. And, um, we have this club on the north side of Chicago, kind of by O'Hare airport where every month we meet and, you know, we, you know, not only get together, we maybe have a little wine, you know, a little or a beer, but we, you know, talk about the, you know, they talk about the stories, you know, of coming here and it's a good socializing community. Um, small community. And I grew up there. Basically we would do picnics. We have a bocce court. I was playing bocce, you know, since I was five years old. Yeah. And, um, and, and then you have like the, the little Italy, which is kind of on the, uh, starting on the South side of Chicago, um, on Taylor street, which is, you know, was kind of, uh, is the classic neighborhood, Italian neighborhood in Chicago. And then we have another little tiny area called the heart of Italy, which is even a little bit further South. And there's still maybe about four or five Italian restaurants there. And there's another scene in my movie where I talk about this with Francesco on the road. And I'm telling him why I love Chicago and I love the neighborhoods. Because you could go to like the heart of Italy neighborhood and then you step right out of there. And then you're in like a Mexican neighborhood. You're in, you're in the Chinatown, you know, or a Polish neighborhood. It's like every block can change. Uh, and that's why I just I love this city so much. I'm, I'm talking to you here from Chicago. And um, I, I wanted to show people who've never been here uh, and Italians who've never, you know, maybe even seen Chicago. Um, it was important for me to put that in the film. You know, the opening scene of the movie is shot in a restaurant called Lucia's in Wicker Park. Is this a place that you frequent? So I've been going there as well since I was very young. Dominic, uh, Domenico Mancini, the owner, Dominic is a paisan of ours. He is a club member of Molizani Nel Mundo. Uh, he's from the town next door from Castel San Vincenzo in the film uh, called Pizzone. And I did give them a little cameo. They do have a shot in the movie Pizzone. And um, Dominic was so kind. He opened his arms. You know, you want to film something here? No questions asked. And we blocked out a day to do that. Um, and I was just there for dinner a couple of, a couple months ago. We had a wine night there. It's a BYOB. And it's in one of the most fun, exciting neighborhoods in Chicago, Wicker Park, and um, uh, everything. You can't go wrong with a dish there. Dominic is, is such a class act. He walks around the tables. You know, it's a typical Italian restaurant. 
you're, you feel right at home, right? We'll go back to Lucia's for just a second. But for folks who don't know, Wicker Park is really a vibrant neighborhood in Chicago. And in fact, my favorite gelato place in Chicago is in Wicker Park. I hope it's still there. I haven't been there in a couple of years. Black Dog Gelato. Oh, I don't know if I've heard of that. I'm going to I started a list this year of all the places I want to, you know, all the restaurants and bars I want to hit up. So I'll, uh, I'll have to put that on there. It's like the traditional uh, Italian gelato, you mean? Like yeah, the- yeah. And they competed in the uh, gelato world competition a couple years ago. They didn't win it, they but they did well. And it's a really good place. Like I said, I haven't been there in a couple of years. I hope they're still around. Um, I didn't check oh, okay. before we did this interview. Okay, okay. Well, a, a to be Googled later. Yes, uh, <laughs> exactly. So let's go back to Lucia's real quick. You said they're from Molise, which is really interesting to me. Um, do they have traditional dishes from Molise at Lucia's in Wicker Park? Here's the thing, though. Lucia is also the name of Dominic's wife, and she's, she's a Sicilian. Oh. They have, they have a little more Sicilian dishes, um, and then they have, you know, like the typical, like the, you know, like, um, you know, uh, of like, like the matriciana, um, you know, the bolognese, a little bit of, I think it's more a little bit of everything. Um, uh, from Italy and, and a little, maybe even more Sicilian, maybe a little spicy things, but they have great fish options, you know, and, and calamari, obviously. Um, but Dominic does throw in there a, a few things, uh, the Molizan, absolutely. In your movie, uh, there's a scene that I want to ask you about. Your girlfriend in the movie says, don't be a scamorza. And a, <laughs> a scamorza is actually, it's a cheese. It's a kind of cheese, but when she says it, it, it must have some kind of slang meaning. What is that? How do you translate that? Yes. It's, it, she's literally telling me, don't be a piece of cheese. But since I was little, my family has kind of always thrown that around. Like, you know, like, don't be an idiot. You know, don't be a jerk. Don't be a scumorts. Uh, <laughs> we would say not even include the A at the end, you know, don't be a scumorts. Um, so that was, you know, I tried to put in little things here and there, um, kind of from, you know, my growing up, my upbringing, my, my Italian American, you know, not just Italian, not just American. And that's also kind of why I called the movie My Country, because like I, I people ask me, oh, do you like Italy or America better, Chicago better? And I could never decide. So I, you know, I made a film that kind of talked about both, that the languages of both languages are spoken, um, you know, kind of thrown around casually throughout the movie. So that was definitely something we added uh, uh, from from the, you know, kind of dialect, maybe even, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, the kind of the melding of the languages. Now, I lived in, you mentioned Rhode Island earlier, which is funny because I lived in Rhode Island for many years. And my girlfriend's from Rhode Island, and there's a huge Italian-American population there. And her family came from outside of Naples, and she holds dual citizenship. And you know, they would pepper their language with these Italian phrases. I mean, they're as American as can be, but would pepper their language with these Italian phrases that I had no idea what they were saying. And I would ask afterwards, what is, what is that? Oh, that's not a very nice word. You shouldn't, (laughs) don't repeat that. Well, my favorite, like at our club, um, you know, the, the old, the women, (laughs) the women would, you know, when they talk to, it's really funny. Like, you know, they'll, They'll be like, oh, and then, you know, Mio Filio, Louis and that's high school, you know, like, and then he went to the, you know, the college and then, you know, like these little like washing machine, you know, there is no name for washing machine. Uh, there wasn't 50 years ago, you know, in America. Uh, now it's called like Lavatrice, but I, I do love the little peppering of, you know, of English or Italian here and there. Um, and again, trying to bring that to the movie. In the movie itself, 
Um, you you first arrive. You're in Chicago. You arrive in Rome with your father's ashes. You're intending to take them to Molise, but first you have to find Francesco, and you have you meet Francesco. You have dinner with him and his wife Anna, and in this scene, Anna makes this pasta dish, a famous Roman dish that I actually wasn't familiar with, um, but it's very famous. Uh, uh, how do you pronounce it, first of all? Yes, I actually already said it. It's called Amatriciana. Amatriciana. Very good. Amatriciana. And can you describe for people who are listening what Amatriciana is? Yes. So Amatriciana, first off, comes from this town outside of Rome called Amatrice. And people remember Amatrice because that was where this horrible earthquake happened uh, a couple of years ago. It happened actually right after I was filming the movie and I was in Rome and I could hear, um, you know, I could feel the waves from the from the earthquake. But anyway, um, so essentially Amatriciana is like a red sauce pasta. To kind of boil it down, it's a red sauce pasta with a little bit of meat. Uh, it could be like a little bit of bacon or a little bit of, they call guanciale, which is like, Kind of like pig fat, I think they call. I think it would be like the literal translation. Um, with you know, like a pecorino cheese. Um, uh, it usually is what it's made with a little black pepper. And um, so we wanted a, a, a Roman dish uh, for the movie. You know, as much pasta as I could throw in the movie. You know, gnocchi later on is the scene with the gnocchi. You know, a little bit of everything. It looks like a wonderful dish. I can't wait to try it the next time I'm in Rome because, of course, uh, when I'm in Rome, I always get uh, caco e pepe. And um, I love that. Cacho, cacho and pepe. Cacho Come and pepe. on. <laughs> I thought you were paisan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm paisan by my girlfriend, <laughs> but <laughs> my, my family is northern, northern European. <laughs> cacho and pepe is another classic. Uh, cacho cavallo is the name of the, the cheese. Cacho cavallo is either like is like a goat's cheese or it could be made also with like a cow's cheese and salt. And then I love to when the Americans mispronounce it's um, porchetta, you know, which is like a nice thinly sliced pork. Uh, they kind of roast the full pig. You might see the pictures of porchetta, but they call it the porchetta. The Americans uh, when they right. come to Italy, which I always thought was funny. But <laughs> all right, we'll work on it. We'll give you some lessons later before we're done with the episode. Thank you, Giancarlo. Um, the other thing you brought up in Rome that just absolutely slayed me was the Pringles potato chips. Because the first time I ever <laughs> went to Rome, I saw these stacks and stacks of Pringles. And I'm like, why? What? Why Pringles? And we saw them everywhere. And then we made the discovery of... Uh, paprika Pringles potato chips, which are our favorite, but they don't sell them in the United States. And I remember the last time we were in Rome, our last night there, our dinner was literally a can of paprika Pringles potato chips and a bottle of limoncello. And this seemed, <laughs> the Romans seemed to be absolutely fine with that. But talk about the Pringles, because to me, it just cracks me up. Yes. Yeah, so again, trying to tie in, you know, a little bit of America, a little bit of Italy, um, you know, Francesco Antonio's character is kind of teasing me early on in the movie. Oh, you're so American, this and that. He, these little jokes here and there. And when we start the road trip, he pulls out this box, you know, this cylinder box of, uh, of Pringles. And I start teasing him. My mama, tu sei la americana. You're the americana. You know, you're more American than me with your Pringles. 
Um, I, I knew that they were very popular there. And, uh, you know, I couldn't like, you know, maybe I would have liked to have done Cheetos or something, but they don't know the Cheeto, you know. So the Pringles was like a good, um, like a universal American food, I felt like, uh, for that moment. Um, and it was easy to, you know, not too hard to eat them as well. <laughs> and the Romans, they do love them. They do eat them. Yes, absolutely do. Um, and I'm trying to think of some other um Things like like Snickers, I think, too, was another candy that I found there. They have Snickers. Um, not too much peanut butter, though. Like, I think, you know, uh, that was difficult always to find. So I guess it could have been Snickers, too, but Pringles it was. And on that same road trip, you talk with uh, Francesco about pizza with Nutella. And your character, Lucky, is initially grossed. You're like, what? Nutella on pizza? But this is a very famous dish in Italy. Talk about the Nutella pizza. Yes. So this is something I had never heard of until I got to Italy. So I lived in Italy for two years. Um, I moved there when I was 25 not knowing a soul. I had my family in Molise, but I moved to Rome to learn the language better. I'd speak a little bit at home, the dialetto with my dad, but wanted to improve my Italian and work in film and TV. And one of the first outgo, you know, one of the first, uh, um, you know, nightly social things I did with my roommates was go to this, um, you know, cafe, this aperitivo, this happy hour. And for dessert, they had the pizza with Nutella which is the chocolate Nutella, but it's a pizza Bianca. It's a white pizza um, that they spread the Nutella on. And, and Brent, it's just a thing of beauty. I mean, I'm just thinking about it now. Uh, I'm just watering here. But um, yeah, I definitely wanted to have that in the movie. And my character is thinking that it's, you know, like a, 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 like a typical pizza, like a red pizza with chocolate on top. Tomato sauce and chocolate. And you're like, what? Yeah, so that was, you know, my a little bit of my Americano that came out uh, in that scene. But um, it is uh, you can people you can make it here. Uh, you, if you can find Nutella, you, you can make it. And it's just a real thing of beauty. It's a great dessert food. Now, a big portion of the movie takes place in Molise, this area that you talked about on the eastern side of central Italy, this region that's relatively unknown. And my girlfriend and I were actually planning a trip two years ago to go to Molise and Abruzzo and life intervened and we ended up in Hawaii instead of, instead of Italy. And so it's still on our bucket list. But when I was researching Molise, I came across this phrase that you talk about, which is Molise doesn't exist. And my question to you, John Carlo is, when Italians use this phrase, are are they speaking literally, ironically, or in a way that's just mean, dismissing the size and importance of Molise? How, how is this phrase used? I think it's a little bit of all three. Um, again, it's, it's kind of almost like, it seems like almost maybe a forgotten region. Um, you know, there's like no, there's not even a super highway that goes through Molise. It's that small. And my goal was, you know, maybe not to do like a postcard, you know, or like a like a like a publicity. But I really wanted to show people that, oh, there is something beautiful outside of just the, the Coliseum, the Vatican or like, you know, the Duomo in Milan. Like the real Italy to me is getting to these small towns, uh, whether it's north or south. And 
the thing about Molise that I've always loved is obviously the food, you know, the people, but this, this culture and, and the dialect, like, you know, learning the dialect, um, you know, it's kind of like this, um, kind of offset of offshoot of, uh, Neapolitan dialect. Um, and just the gorgeous views. Like, I mean, the one also compliment we get, um, is that just how, how beautiful the movie looks, especially when we get to Molise, the cinematography, there's just rolling greens all over the place. Like if, if I had to describe it, you know, to, to somebody be like, you know, like that Godfather, like that just beautiful town on the hill, like 500 people. And, and, and just, just when I'm there, I feel at home. Um, you know, I, I walk these streets that are hundreds and hundreds of years old and, and I hope, you know, that was captured in the film. Um, just, just how much I love the region. And, and I do hope that people have come to visit and, and they are, they start, people are, have told me that much, you know, they enjoyed Molise when they had gotten there and, and they've told other people about it. So, um, I'm glad that came across. It's definitely still on our bucket list and a place that we are going to get to sometime in the near future. You talked about the cinematography and it is absolutely stunning. Uh, the cinematography of the landscapes of Molise. One thing that struck me was the pale blue water. It looks like a giant lake. I'm not familiar with it, but it's in several scenes. What What is this lake and why is it so beautiful? Yes, and I, I can swear. So that is Castel San Vincenzo, the town where my actual father was born and um, you know where the two brothers go with the ashes. That is the lake that is part of our town, um, and it is it is a man-made lake. Actually, it's an artificial lake, but it's mountain water coming down right from the mountain, right above it, and it is that crystal blue in the summertime. Like we really did not have to put a lot of coloration at all on that on that uh, uh, lake shot, um, and we hired a drone pilot, you know, from Rome to come down and shoot it for us because, like, we just had to capture how gorgeous that. It is almost like a postcard. I mean, that that view is of the lake um, and, and our town there. And um, and there's so many hiking activities to do there. I mean, that's why in the later half of the movie, we go up to the mountain, um, you know, San Michele. And, and, you know, again, trying to show just all these beautiful natural, uh, this natural bellezza, you know, the beauty of, the, of that of that town and region. In the town itself, your, your father's town that you shoot in the movie you depict the festival of the gnocchi. Uh, is this a real festival in, in the town? It is a real festival, but I do not know exactly where it's at. Um, I remember hearing about it a long, long time ago, and I knew I wanted a big pasta scene, um, and um, my cinematographer had this great idea that we should put it outside. I thought it would be inside. Like, I was trying to base it more on these wonderful dinners and lunches that my cousin, um, my father's cousin, uh, his wife would cook. Every time we go to Italy, and I was just there a week ago, they just they just go all out. I mean, they're just such hospitable people. And so we decided to put it outside. And I just, I've always loved gnocchi myself too, um, from an early age. And I, I guess it wouldn't be like a typical Molizan, uh, Molizani dish gnocchi. Um, but it was something that I felt was fun and, and also for the Americans, like it was obviously something very, you know, people would know right away. Um, maybe more than like, you know, so I, maybe the Matriciana was, was, it worked better earlier 
and then you know the gnocchi everybody knows um and there was even a scene where we were kind of hand rolling the gnocchi before the big lunch scene in molise but there wasn't time we had to cut that part out okay yeah that is my favorite pasta dish and uh there was no way i was going to leave it out for the movie <laughs> and during that festival i noticed on the tables bottles and bottles of unlabeled wine which is homemade, I assume. Is there lots of vineyards in Molise? Yes, absolutely. And my cousins, uh, the, you know, the, the one I was just telling you about, they make everything they make, and whether it's the wine, the cheese, the olives that were on that table, everything is from the land. You know, all the olives were pressed, uh, you know, in machines, you know, from that region. Um, and it's really something... Also, you know, that I wanted to show in the film, um, you know, this this kind of homemade meal. And um, and besides the gnocchi, everything else on the table, you know, came from right there from from their production, their cantina, you know. You know, that's there's nothing like homemade wine with, uh, you know, a family gathering. And you could tell that everyone was really enjoying that homemade wine. You know, like I said, I lived in Rhode Island for years and. Me and my girlfriend's brother, we used to make, uh, go and buy grapes and make our own homemade wine. And I still remember in 1999, we made some Zin that was just spectacular. So, uh, you know, this is a real thing. People come out with their own bottles of wine and share them with everyone to enjoy. Yeah, and it, it is strong. I mean, uh, it, you know, when I was younger, we would call my, my nonno, um, the one who immigrated to Chicago, he would make the homemade wine and, you know, he would dilute it with a little bit of seven up. Oh, right. And we would call that, it was like a cocktail. He made the homemade wine and seven up. We'd call it the Nunno Felice <laughs> because it was so strong. Right, right. So, yeah, we, I've been drinking that wine. That wine's been on the table since I was, you know, uh, 10 years old. I mean, they were letting us taste it uh, <laughs> all the way back then. That's for sure. In the, in the movie, uh, Francesco says he and Lucky should have a... a uh, uh, Grenziana, Genziana, Grenziana, ah, Genziana, Genziana. Yes. Tell me about this drink. I'm not familiar with it. Oh my gosh. You have, I, I how, I, how much time do we have, Brent? Keep going, keep going, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about it because it sounds kind of like an Aperol a little bit, but tell me about it. Okay. You're on the right track. So the Genziana is, it's a beautiful purple flower that grows in the Abruzzo mountains. So Molise used to be called Abruzzo and it factioned off 70, 80 years ago. And, but we still hold a lot of the Abruzzese traditions. And the Genziana, again, is a plant that they extra, uh, extract the root of the plant. They climb up this mountain, you know, at certain times of year, they bring the dogs out to kind of sniff them out. And they make this alcohol with, you know, a little bit of white wine and sugar and, and um, you know, ferment it fermented and it is my favorite after dinner drink you know people are more familiar with limoncello or amaro um but for me the genziana which is very very strong I'm, i you know I'm, I'm not gonna lie it is you know as we say the first is the worst second a little better and the third is paradiso by the third if you're not hit with it you'll never be hit you know by it um, so unfortunately that gnocchi seemed like it just went on and on and we had to cut it back. I mean, it was, it was like, I think a 12 or 15 minute scene in the first cut and we, we trimmed it to about five minutes. So there was a part in the movie where we had a Genziana toast, 
but we cut it out and um, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. And, and later, you know, we were talking about it um, in different scenes in the movie. But um, the people from Molise obviously got a real kick out of it and, uh, you know, people who are familiar with it. But they don't sell it in the States. Like, they don't sell it here. You got to bring it back from Italy, the Genziana. But uh, it's my favorite. And um, and uh, I try everybody I, you know, I know, like I always try to, you know, if I go into a party or something, I'll always bring the Genziana. It's kind of a fun you know, fun little icebreaker kind of a thing. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> right, right. Now, do you drink it straight or do you ever mix it with something else? No, we never mix it and you and you drink it, you sip it. You don't really down it, you know, like you would maybe another shot. Um, I guess it could be compared to like Malort, which is a local Chicago um, drink. It's very earthy, I guess. Um and, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not for everybody, but, and I didn't care for it either. When I first started drinking it, I kind of had to build a tolerance to it. But, um, again, if you like a little more bitter, it's a bitter after dinner drink. Um, you know, it's earthy. I, I can't get enough. I've got three bottles in, in my, in my fridge at home. Uh, I brought it to weddings before my brother was getting married in November. We're going to bring it to his wedding without a doubt. So, <laughs> I, I love the bitter drinks, so I'm going to be looking for the Genziana the next time that I'm in Italy. Hopefully, in Molise, sounds absolutely amazing. My kind of my kind of drink. I've I've heard really quickly. Just lastly, is that other countries make their own Genziana. Like France has like their version of Genziana, and maybe Spain, you know, has their version. So you, it's I guess you can find different variations around Europe. You know, there's a scene where you arrive in Molise in the town and you go to a little bar and by bar, we mean like a coffee bar and you get, uh, you get, you get some coffee and, uh, the guys, the old men are sitting around drinking beers and a couple of things about this. Number one, first time I went to Italy decades ago, you, you would almost never see beer in, in one of these places. It was, it was all wine. Now, you're starting, a lot of folks are drinking beer in Italy, which to me is very interesting. There's even craft brews in Italy, but also the old guys hanging out at the bar. Um, any of these folks uh, related to you in these scenes? <laughs> so that, I mean, those guys, if you go to Molise today, Castel Sant'Angelo, those guys are at this time playing cards, drinking beer at that same location. I guarantee it. So that scene was kind of plucked from my own experience uh, going to Molise on the weekends when I, you know, would get outside of Rome. I you know I'd be forced to, to speak Italian when I got to Molise because nobody speaks English there. Again, it's like the Rhode Island of, of Italy, very small. <laughs> and um, so they do drink more beer. I, I rarely see when, when, you know, in the couple of bars that are in our, uh, the town and the town over from us, um, Wine is no. I, I, maybe it's because they are drinking more of their homemade wine, but it's usually always beer or an Aperol spritz, uh, which is now becoming popular here. It's like a good happy hour drink uh, with Aperol and Prosecco. And um, you'll maybe see like a Quinotto, um, but uh, it's always beer, um, 80, 80, 85% when I go to those bars um, or they're taking shots. You know, if it's nighttime, they'll take a shot of, you know, 
of a Sambuca or, you know, some one of these drinks or of Averna, Amaro, Limoncello. But uh, yes, that's that's plucked right from uh, that is direct experience, you know, in in, in uh, Castel San Vincenzo. What, what kind of beer are they drinking there? What brand? So you've got like the Miller Lite and Bud Light of Italy are Peroni and Moretti. <laughs> right. But I've discovered to the help of my my cousin and you know friends there is called Forced, F-O-R-S-T. They call it La Force, you know, the beer, uh, the forced beer, which I like a little little more. So um, but, you know, most people are more familiar with Peroni and, and Moretti. And they also have Heineken. Heineken, very popular there. But um, and, and Italy, too, is getting really into the artisanal craft beers as well. Rome has a, a bunch of breweries now. Um, I'm sure up north as well. But uh, even Molise is getting into the, you know, the craft beer and. And um, but uh, forced is my my preferred now um, when I'm over there. Any other traditional, typical foods of Molise that we should be aware of? Again, Molise is is because it's so small. It's kind of sandwiched in between Abruzzo, uh, Campania, where Naples is in, and Puglia, where Bari is in. It's a little bit of mix of everything. So like pasta and fagioli is very popular in Molise, which is an Abruzzese dish. Uh, dish. Um, Brajo, you know, various meats. And uh, they have a, a wonderful cheese called la burrata. And burrata is like oh, this really my thick, melty, yeah, mozzarella. You put, a, you know, spread it on a little bread. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's unique. It's a little bit of mix of everything. And, uh, we're, you know, it's almost like we're lucky we get to try all these different tastes and we, we, we make them our own, you know, at the end of the day. That's beautiful. I love burrata. The, the only thing is I feel like you really have to eat burrata when it's fresh and you'll find now some artisan places are importing burrata from Italy to the U S but for some reason it's just not the same. Yeah. I, I think you could say that for pretty much everything. guys. <laughs> It seems fresh in Italy. Even when you go to on the Autostrada, you get a panino, you know, at, at the, the rest stops on the highway. It's just something, I don't know, like maybe they're just different ingredients. They don't have a lot of the, I think it's illegal. A lot of the processed foods that we have here are, are not allowed there. Um, even though Rome just got a KFC, which I'm a little saddened about. Oh. Uh, and, and Starbucks is in Milan now. So uh, hopefully before the Americans ruin it, uh, it's still pretty, you know, fresh and, and, uh, and, and, and delicious over there for the time being. <laughs> and, and we're allowed to say that because we're American. Um, it's funny that you bring up the, uh, the truck stops, the, the roadside stops. You know, these places that we would know as back in the day, like a Howard Johnson's or even like a 7-Eleven or something like that, um, a little gas station place. And you go in there. And they have the most incredible sandwiches, paninis and whatnot. It blows. You would never do that at an American gas gas stop. But in Italy, you can when you're road tripping. Oh, my gosh. I mean, another topic I could talk about uh, is like the autostrada, the grill. They call it the grill, you know, the G-R-I-L-L. Um, they have like the sandwich. I, I loved, you know, like a good chicken sandwich. And they called La Cotoletta. And again, it's just like, you know, it's just a little bit of lettuce, chicken lettuce in a bun, but it's like just something about it is so, is so unique and, and just tastes so good. And yeah, you, I could never imagine going, you know, like we have the tollway out here, like in Lake Forest or Rockford, like, you know, stopping to get like, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy how, how good that food is. And, you know, get your cafe, your cornetto, you know, your little pastry. 
and you're set, you know, and you get your little cheap, you know, wine, which is also good. They got like these cheap wine, red, white, you know, it's, it's something. Those, uh, those outdoor styles are really, um, are really great. I, I got to admit, I, I mean, even the Italian, if the Italians, if you see Italians eating somewhere in a restaurant or a gas station, you know, it's got to be good. Of course. Real Italian. Right, right, right. All right. Well, uh, John Carlo, thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. Before we let you go, let's remind everyone that your movie, My Country, is on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. You can stream it. I encourage everyone to do so. It's a charming, wonderful road movie with tons of foodie things in it. And people should go uh, stream it today, this weekend. Thank you so much, Brent, for having me. And we are also on Facebook and Instagram, My Country Film, at My Country Film, uh, our website, MyCountryFilm.com. And just announced we are we got accepted into the Montreal Italian Film Festival, uh, the Italian Contemporary Film Festival in Montreal in June. So if we have any Canadian fans, we will be up there in mid-June. So you can look on our website and, and Facebook for more info. Congratulations on that, John Carlo. We'll look for you in Canada. And thanks for being on Destination Eat Drink. Thanks again. Ciao tutti. Grazie mille. You know, one of the great things about travel is learning new things. I've been to Italy many, many times, but Giancarlo was so informative, not only about Italian cuisine, but about Italian culture and I learned so much from talking to him. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation as well. If you have a question or a comment about this episode of Destination Eat Drink or any episode of the podcast, you can find me on Facebook at Destination Eat Drink, Instagram at Destination Eat Drink, or on Twitter at Eat Destination. You can also hit the contact tab at DestinationEatDrink.com. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the podcast. We drop a new episode each and every Friday. Next week, we're in Tuscany with Paul Cullen. Paul played bass for the rock band Bad Company and is now a sommelier and a chef. We'll talk to him about being a rock star and we'll talk Tuscany next week. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by Ed Silla. Big thanks to him. I'm Brent Peterson. And I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. 